Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go out to the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. And bring in the aforementioned Brandon Lee Gowton, at Brandon Gowton on Twitter. All things in charge, bleedinggreennation.com, at bleedinggreen on Twitter. And before we even say a word, I did hint that I had some selfish reasons here to track you down and bring you on. But the majority of it is for people who want to hear your insight an analysis on what's happening with this football team. What's happening, BLG? Uh, Aton, happy to be here with you, man. We are just about like eight days out from seeing the Cowboys open the season with a loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I'm feeling pretty good. Have you booked a trip to like Aruba or anywhere to just kill the next couple of days so you could be away from all of the nonsense leading up to the? You deserve a couple of days off, right? No days off, Aton. Uh, locked in. The season's here. Ready to go. Okay. Uh, I'm ready to attack it. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. Now, should we get our stuff out of the way first so that you can focus on the more important things happening at Bleeding Green? Well, I think this is the most important thing. So, yeah, I think you should. I think you should announce it. All right. Well, I am thrilled. I am honored. BLG hit me up a couple of weeks ago and asked for my interest to pique my interest about working with Bleeding Green Nation. I did not even let him get the question out before I jumped in and said yes with as many exclamation points as I normally have with my voice. And, I, and I'm just through the roof excited to be part of Bleeding Green Nation and to be hosting, co-hosting the post-game show on BleedingGreenNation.com where we, as always, give you the most comprehensive look as well as be the voice of the fan and this is the community. This and, and it's like the Eagles community. People have tried to imitate it. People have tried to duplicate it. But nobody has created and fostered this community of fandom like you and so many great people, Kissed and, and others, right, at, at Bleeding Green Nation. So I'm just thrilled, brother, that I get a chance to be part of that community. And that's really one of the biggest things for me is that I walk in as part of a community, it's not the pharmacy element, right, of radio mm. where you're talking, oh, this is what you need. I'm just there celebrating Devontae Smith, being frustrated with an interception, whatever it may be. I'm, I'm just along for the ride, and I just I cannot thank you and the powers that be enough. No, we're excited. Uh, look, Aton, I've known you for years. <laughs> I've known you for, for I don't even know how long now it's been that long. And we've never gotten to really work together, which like seems crazy to me because, it's again, we've just known each other for so long. But, uh, yeah, it's just such a natural fit. I think uh, the BGN, uh, BleedingGreenNation.com um, community and the, and the BGN radio listeners, all of that, bring all that together. Um, I think this is just a natural fit. A guy who's going to bring a lot of passion to the show, which is yes. what we're all about. 
Um, it's a community, so it's an interactive show. You know, we're going to have interactive elements to this all. So it's going to be great for the people listening to get involved if they want to. If they don't, if they don't want to, they don't have to. You sit back and you just cruise and, you, and you're listening to the analysis and the takes and everything uh, after the game. You know, the post-game pods are the lifeblood, really, of the podcast, Aton. Like, yeah, it's all about, like, all this is about the games. So then it's all about reacting to the games right after them on the post-game show. So it's it's a huge deal. And it's a huge honor that you would accept and, and join us. Oh, look, honestly, man, the honor is mine. And, and I know people are thinking, oh, come on, you guys are going back and forth. Enough is enough. <laughs> oh, I, I, truly. I, and this is why I think I'm so thrilled and excited from it, from a, just an emotional standpoint, as well as the obvious from the professional standpoint of getting being able to work with you guys. And, and that's just going back to this being such an interactive community. And it's not like my world, right, is the sports talk radio caller, which you know all too well, doesn't represent the same and shouldn't represent the same connotation as the person in the chat, the person in the stream who is taking time to write something out. Doesn't mean you don't get trolls or idiots every now and again, and we'll stomp them out accordingly as we do on all platforms. But it's just I, I feel like there is more of a an intimate interaction on the chat, on the stream that you'll get, especially following with this raw emotion. And also, I, I think it's just more inclusive where you're not sitting in the car, sitting at a desk and listening to two individuals chat. You're watching an entire stream and show kind of develop. Yeah, and you're contributing to it, um, which yeah. is awesome. It's obviously what we're all about at Bleeding Your Nation, a big comment section. We have a big podcast audience where, where we love to hear feedback from uh, the listeners and everything. So, yeah, it's awesome. It's natural. Again, just really want to underline here how, you know, how passionate. Um, all of us are obviously, but you, you especially, Aton, just you know, have and, and you know this market. You've been here. This, you know, you, you have the experience, so you know what you're talking about as much as anyone. Maybe, maybe you don't know what you're always talking about. No, no, I'm just no. Kidding. no. But <laughs> now, now you love. Here I had this glowing endorsement from BLG, and I'm thinking, all right, this is great. We'll cut it up. We'll put it on the site. And you lost yeah. everybody there by saying that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I never lied to the listeners. I can't. You know what you're talking about. We, we might disagree sometimes, but uh, you know, I always respect the opinion. Of course. Now, uh, look, I appreciate that, my friend, big time. And and again, we'll be starting up the first game against the Falcons. So I, I can't wait to crank that up. Following and nothing has changed with how you find the pod, with how you access, how you interact, yes. with it, except for me being on it. Everything else from a logistical standpoint is the same. It's just you now have to deal with me on there as well. <laughs> I think people are. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see what the feedback is like. Yes, Maybe. I, <laughs> I think it's going to be great. No, me too, brother. I, I am super pumped, man. Super pumped. We've talked about this. I, I am curious to get your thoughts on a couple of things on on the team while i have you for a minute or two and we've talked about this man extensively going back and forth the books have value on the under and hmm. this is the betting mind not the fan heart in me six and a half like i i can't i can see a pathway to five wins i can see a pathway to eight wins i, I can see different ways in which things can go well or not it's just how many new components there are across the board that make me think if I can get a good, like near uh, positive money back on an under six and a half from a betting standpoint, I have to take it. Now, realistically, that means I can't go out and about and enjoy Eagles games in front of people. I have to mm. save where I'm betting in, in my heart and in my mind. But have you looked at that and just kind of watching this team, covering this team in camp, 
any thoughts on, on really where we should lean for a win total? Six and a half being the number. I mean, you could really just do the emotional hedge, you know, and uh, take the under and then, you know, be happy when you're wrong because at least, hey, the team is good. I lost the money, but the team is good. So you could do that if you really wanted. But honestly, uh, you know, Aton, I've been pretty down on the Eagles for a long time now. I don't think that's a secret to people who know me at all. But I think I'm, I'm kind of having a little bit of a change of heart here. And and maybe that's a shock to some people, but uh, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl all of a sudden, to be clear. And I don't think even... I don't even think they're going to win double-digit games. But I think from what I've seen out of this team, there's a lot of positive vibes going on right now, which I think is important because I think they, by contrast, had a very negative energy going into the year last year. I thought Carson Wentz wasn't looking good in training camp. Did I know he was going to be the worst quarterback in the NFL? No, but I saw issues in training camp, and that kind of made me wonder how much that mattered and what we'd see early on. And then there was just a lot of other weird stuff in terms of, like, Zach Ertz clearly wasn't happy, and you had Jason Peters demanding the team pay him more money to, like, play left tackle. Like there was a lot of like weird stuff. There's a lot of injuries. The Eagles were much more banged up last year at this time than they are this year. So you don't have that so far. Knock on wood, I guess, for the Eagles' sake this season. So I think there's positivity here. Um, there are good signs from young players getting better. I think Nick Sirianni, you know, can he call plays? I don't know. We haven't seen that in a regular season game yet. That's a big question to be answered. But in terms of how things are trending and and how Jalen Hurts kind of had his best day of training camp, I think, or at least one of them on the final day, it seems things are trending in a positive direction. I kind of think this is more of like an eight, seven win team. So I think they, they're going to get hit, like just hit that over. Yeah, and I think that's exactly where it's going to fall is a game, one win or one loss being the difference maker. I don't think we're going to be blown away, as you mentioned, double-digit wins or something like a four-win football team. I am curious, though, and, and it's not a negative in the sense of like, oh, my God, this team is screwed, but I'm trying to find a way to apply it, and maybe it does mitigate a little bit of what happened in the joint practices. Just a broader question. I'm not even trying to lead you one way on this, honestly, but how much, and there, there it is, not are you concerned, but how much of a concern is it for the first two or three weeks, not for the entire season, but for the first two or three weeks that Jalen Hurts only played two series in the preseason? Yeah, I mean, it's, look, he's a player who doesn't have a lot of experience in the regular season, and for him to only play 10 snaps is, like, I, I wanted to see more, honestly. I wanted to see a little bit more. I mean, so did the Eagles, in theory, because he was supposed to play that second game until he had to go to the hospital at the last minute um, for his, his stomach issues. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we saw enough from him in the preseason that ideally would have liked to see. How much does that matter? You know, I'm, I'm not someone to say it matters the world because you look at, like, you know, some of these teams don't play their starters at all in the preseason. I, I believe, like, the L.A. teams, and they kind of, they've done all right for themselves, especially more so the Rams. So, like, I can't say it's the end of the world or anything. You're going to have this terrible season because of it. Could he get off to a little bit of a rusty start? Possibly. Maybe. So maybe you're kind of worried a little bit going into that Atlanta game. But, again, from what I saw from Jalen Hurts in camp and in those joint training camp practice uh, se sessions, which the team claims are, like, preseason games, I don't fully agree with that, but you know, there's there's value in them. They are intense. There's a there's a, 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 a intense pace to those. Uh, he was looking good by the end, so uh, I don't think there's going to be this major rust factor. I love Zach Ertz this year from a DFS standpoint to just a story standpoint. People, I think, think he fell off the face of the earth, forgot how to play football. He's not even their main. And, and granted, on on how they run the twelve personnel, you would know better as far as throwing the football. So he's not even their main focus, nor will he be a main focus for defenses. It's kind of like having that former all-star 
as like the seventh man on your bench, right? Like on that second team in the NBA where it's just you have this veteran who knows where to be, knows when to take a shot, knows when to make a pass, all of these things that just help you out. And then on top of that, Ertz isn't far, like much removed, I should say, from playing really good football. So I, I just feel like he could be such an X factor that I don't know if people are nervous or concerned to put that type of label on him because of how bad of a season it was last year. It's really hard to know what to make of Ertz, just given the unsettled situation. Still, I don't know that he's definitely a lock to be here the full year. Like, he's here right now. He's on the original 53-man roster. Um, but look, the Eagles kept four tight ends, and they're going to put Tyree Jackson on an injured reserve. But they also kept Jack Stoll, and Richard Rodgers will be out there if they want to bring him back. Um, so I, I don't know that Zach Ertz is definitely going to be here. My thinking on him is kind of that, uh, that maybe they kind of see how it goes prior to the deadline. And uh, if they're not really a competitive team and they're kind of sellers, they look to sell him at that point and maybe he goes to a contender or whatever and he does good things for them. We'll see. I mean, if there's even a market for him. As far as how he looks, though, I think he's looked pretty good. You know, he looks like he's rebounded from last year, like physically and everything. He's had a, a pretty strong camp. Um, I just I don't know what his role is going to be in terms of how, how much he's going to see targets and everything. Um, I think it, it'll be significant from the standpoint that he looked good. But like, I just don't know, like how the playing time is going to be split up with 12 personnel and everything. I don't think the Eagles are going to run as much 12 as they did in previous years. And they basically led the league in it. And it was like an obnoxious amount because they had to because they had no receivers at all. So the receiver options are obviously better now, bringing in Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins stepping up. So I, I feel confident in the player being better than he was last year, but I am just not sure how to contextualize his role. Last one for you, BLJ, and I'm just curious on your thoughts of, of what's happened, good or bad, that we've heard from Miles Sanders. It seems like things have been up and down, especially catching the football, but clearly he is their number one back. We also know that they're really, and why wouldn't you be high on Gainwell, the cutting of Jordan Howard. What do you make, really, of Miles Sanders and the running back situation in the backdrop. Yeah, so I think Miles Sanders has had a disappointing training camp from the standpoint of being a pass catcher. He's had, I think, at least five drops. I think it's five or six, which is like a significant amount because consider he led all NFL running backs last year in drops with like eight. He led the Eagles in that category as well. So that's concerning to me. And people might be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what he can do in the passing game. I mean, that, that does matter in terms of like the playing time and everything he's going to yeah. get. I don't think it takes away from him being a good runner still. I think he still very much can do that and will do that and will be effective in that role. But when you're not able to be the kind of the complete package, you're not going to see the same amount of playing time, obviously, that you would if you are. And with Kenny Gainwell kind of on, on the come here late in training camp and having his best practice at the end of camp and showing pass catching ability. And obviously, you know, Boston Scott offers some of that as well. I feel like Miles Sanders is going to kind of lose some of those snaps potentially, especially, you know, early on, if he's struggling in the season, now maybe it gets to the regular season and all these drops go away and he, Miles Sanders is looking great and it's not an issue, but I think, you know, there's potential here for him to kind of lose some of that pass catching role, which impacts his overall playing time. Again, that doesn't mean he can't have a great year, a really good year as a runner, but I'm kind of just like, I'm skeptical a little bit of his, you know, him being this like kind of, you know, some kind of like Christian McCaffrey kind of player. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially from what we've heard and, and not enough nuances, you know, into not reports, but reaction to reports. It's like, oh, no, Miles Sanders is fine. Oh, no, no, no. He's he's the worst thing, as you mentioned, like he, he, people overreacting to it. So to get some clarity involved in it as we hit Atlanta is definitely important.
My brother, I appreciate you as always at Brandon Gowton on Twitter. Congratulations on your new hire. <laughs> and congratulations to you. <laughs> Can't wait, man. Week one Falcons post game show on BGN. I'm in. I cannot wait. I'm thrilled. I really appreciate it, though. Thank you, BLG. Awesome.